And sitting in for Chuck today is Dan Zernick. Now, Dan, I can't say you're from anywhere anymore, can I, buddy? Yeah, unfortunately, and maybe fortunately, no, you can't. Uh, yeah. I did retire at the, the end of last year. Oh, you got fired. I mean, you lost your job. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm enjoying my way, myself way too much. I, do give, I, know, I know you are. I know you are. Dan's been on the show. I can't even count how many times. Last time you were with um, Gary Muling, you came in with him a couple yep. of years ago. And Dan's been on the show plenty of times. One of the fondest memories I have. Well, first, Dan, let's tell people what you've done for a living your life. Let's tell people a little bit why, why I asked you to sit oh, with geez. us. Oh, uh, geez. I mean, history all the way back. A book, I'm not yeah. sure you know all of it. Well, but, we're the uh, same age, so yeah, let's I, start. I worked for a builder in my teens, uh, early 20s, started my own company at that point, uh, owned a cabinet shop for 11 years, at the same time ran some remodeling companies and uh, right down to building whole houses. Uh, I think it was 91, one of the downturns, I had done something to my back, and uh, my wife was pregnant with my second son. She did all the paperwork. We just kind of hit a wall. It's like, let's do something different. I worked for four years for uh, a wholesaler selling into building materials into lumberyards. Okay. I moved from there to certainty building materials, uh, selling roofing products. I did that for 23 years. Uh, half of that time, I also sold uh, air vent ventilation along with the certainty products. Okay. And certainty uh, now private label some of the air vent products. So even all the way through, sold ventilation products. And we're going to be talking a lot about uh, ventilation and ventilation in attics because you're an expert. Years ago, Dan, um, just before Glenn Hagee, the late great Glenn Hagee started on WJR, you and I, um, they had no one in at that point. And John McCullough, the late great John McCullough, um, had you and I, and that, at that point, I had the concrete masonry company, and uh, you came in and started talking about roofs and ventilation, and and the phones rang off the hook, and I just kind of sat back, and no one wanted to talk to me. I think it was probably going into the, into the fall time where people were really interested in that, but you really are a wealth of knowledge. I mean, if I'm going to ask anybody, if I've got a really bad ventilation question, um, we had one this week, which we'll talk about in a while, a lady, uh, just a lot of mold in her attic. Um, you're the one I'm going to go to. You're the one I'm going to call because you have uh, you have the expertise of that when it comes well, to the. I appreciate that. It's a, it's a different uh, direction that I look at things, having built the products. Right. Maybe built them wrong and had to fix them way back when. Um, to getting all the education from right from the manufacturers directly, how it's supposed to be, seeing it work, working with customers, working on complaints that were fixed, how it works, how to fix them. Uh, it, to me, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you you know all of our roofing. Uh, team partners, we have any inside outside guys. I know you like them all. Uh, all great companies. Uh, a lot of good people. A lot, a lot of good people, a lot of good companies. But I want, while you're in here today, I mean, you're not slanted any way. I want to make sure you tell people and we explain to people how important ventilation is. Because that's, I mean, it's a whole roofing system. What amount of companies get that part right, in your opinion? Wow, that's, that's a loaded question. Um, I have to say very few, very to be few. perfectly honest with no, you. I want you a want lot of folks want to, a lot of roofers want to get out there, get your job, get the job done, be done, get paid. Okay. Doesn't mean they do a bad job, but many of them will just put back on whatever was there as opposed to doing the homework to find out what it should be to fix it. And okay. honestly, code says they're supposed to bring your house ventilation-wise back up to code. There you go. Um, but a lot of other things might have been built that way. But a lot of other things happened to impede that. You know, we had siding and soffit put on. Maybe there wasn't enough ventilation in the soffit panels. Maybe they never cut the plywood open underneath those soffit panels. So many things could go to the 70s with all the, all the energy and the extra insulation, people shoving that in and pushing the insulation all the way, covering up what is perfect from the outside and still not breathing. So many things can happen. You know, I, people can't see me, but I'm smiling and laughing because how many times have we seen it? You mentioned that, that they'll put the... The, the, the vents in it and then not even it looks cut great the from the outside. It looks great from the outside, but nobody has any idea. And, and I don't think at that time when they did it, it wasn't anybody purposely or trying to say, hey, if we do it this way, we'll get another job in 10 years. Yeah. They just didn't know the building science. Well, you remember the, the, the late, great Bob Knowles? Yeah. He used oh, to carry his hanger guy. around and push it up through those vents and see if there was actually a hole above it. And I'd have to say 50% of the time there was no hole above the vents. And if there was, it wasn't nearly the size it needed to be that was cut into the existing plywood soffit before they put the new vinyl over it. So let's tell people that's a good idea because we've never given that advice. That's great advice. Grab, grab a hanger, you know, walk out and stick it up in those soffits. Now we're talking just underneath and the side of the gutters. 
Yep, below the, below the gutters, yep. um, parallel with the ground. If you have an overhang. Unfortunately, a lot of yes. the, a lot of the um, houses in southeast Michigan in the subdivisions that were built in the 40s and 50s have no overhang. Correct. But if they do, that's where it's at. And the, the key, everyone, is for that air to be able to come in at the lowest point possible of the roof. Tell me if I'm yep. wrong. And to vent out the highest part. Possible of the roof. That's optimal. And optimal is a key word because there's so many things that we talk about that are the optimal way, but not the only way. Right. And your configuration of your house and your attic space can be so entirely different that each each envelope that's closed could be entirely different. And to add on to it, all the new elevations that roofs have in the new construction. I mean, I look at my attic. My attic has about three different sections in it. you got to get to it from two different you know, there's no way I could get into right. one part of my attic yeah. and make it to the other side of my attic without um, literally being an acrobat and trying those, to. Climb. Those are those envelopes that right. I mentioned. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's interesting stuff, and we're gonna we're gonna really delve into that as we go along. Dan, we are talking about your career, and you've spent your career looking at roofs, looking at attics. You were at the Southeast Michigan rep for certain seed roofing products, correct? Certain seed roofing and air vent for a portion of that. Time. I remember your old uh, your old answer machine, air vent ventilation at one point, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so when someone would have a problem with a roofer and it was a certain seed product, let me tell a real quick story first. Do you remember many years ago before I even had the show, I needed a new roof done at my house um, on Green, and I asked you for a referral and you sent a guy out, and you you gave me three or four numbers for roofers. And uh, if you remember right, one guy came out, and he showed me a bunch of Certainty products, and then he added other products with it from different companies, which he should never have done. You Probably were. didn't get referred again either. <laughs> you're my buddy. I, I, felt the responsi- I felt the responsibility to tell you that. It's different if you're just a guy who told me something, but you're my friend. I felt well, the responsibility. And I always had other roofers say, hey, you know what, so-and-so's in there, and, 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 and I know he's part of your program is a part of your stuff, but he's pushing something else. Right, right. It's, it's quite interesting. Right, it's, right. So what he was doing is trying to sell goal. me certain t- uh, shingles with different company underlayments to try to save me money. Tell people what the risk or, or what's going to happen if someone does that to them. Well, I, it, it's the easiest way to change the price on a job. Okay. You know, here's here's... You're selling to somebody that buys one or two roofs in a lifetime. Right. So honestly, what do you know? Today you can learn an awful lot, but do you spend that time to, to really do that? It's Your roof is something that literally protects probably your most important and most expensive investment. It protects everything underneath. So it, it's an important part, but if you wanted to just shop price, you, you will truly get that. Um, With anything. Absolutely. But with a roofing system, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of components in there. Um, And there are some very economical components that, uh, you know what, they're underneath the shingles. Your shingles are really your most important part, but they're underneath there, but they're underneath there for a reason. They're part of code for a reason. Right. Because they're a secondary relief. It could be a a waterproofing underlayment. It could be the water-resistant underlayments, the felts and synthetic felts, uh, or ice and water shields, however you want to call them. Um, Completely different things, but you can buy really cheap ones. Like anything else. You're hoping not to rely on it. But if you do and it's an inferior product, it's not the shingles' fault. Right. Right. Is that one of the reasons over the years um, CertainTeed has resisted the urge to go into the big box stores? That marketing-wise, that's a whole different direction. Um, I know when I sold for a wholesaler, we sold things into into some of the big box stores, and they they handle their products very, very well for a customer. Boy, got to stay out of trouble here. <laughs> it's okay. um, as a vendor, it might be a little bit different because they're going to return things, and, and it may not. It's perfectly good stuff. Something else went wrong. Right. Uh, maybe not the direction to go. There's so many different variables. Big I, box stores and roofing is a large, large percentage of the roofing sold in the United States. Right. So certain portions, portions of the United States, we've gotten involved and gone back and forth with it. I would think that uh, any large manufacturer is looking to be part of that program. But it's, you can't have the tail wag the duck. Right, right, right. I just see the, the, the temptation to do more of that or maybe even just the ignorance because you know, ignorance isn't a bad thing. People who don't 
normally put on roofs who tried to do their own may be tempted to buy a more expensive shingle, a less expensive underlayment, and, and that kind of stuff. So, Well, you hope to I, not have to rely on it, so there's the bet. But you a gambling it, man? <laughs> but you know our companies like Kearns who use GAF. They only use GAF products because that's the war. That's the warranty. Whether it's fixer, and they're um, comfortable with that phone call. They're comfortable if it's all certainty that that phone call. Right. But the big thing is, if there's an issue, there's one phone call. Right. Right. One phone call and not Boy. this shingle, this underlayment. Boy, whose was that? Exactly. Who is it? Who do I call? I remember years ago. I won't mention the name. My wife and I bought a vehicle. We were young, so. I, got, I was easily intimidated back then. But we bought a vehicle from a dealership on one side of the county. Then we had problems. We took it to a dealership on the other side of the county. And we kept having problems, and neither one of them wanted to take responsibility for it. Sure, the one didn't sell it, didn't make the money on it. Exactly. The exactly. other one couldn't fix it. Exactly. And this, same thing. Same thing we're talking about. So when you would get a call from a homeowner um, and, and you had to show up, what would tell people what that would go like? What, what, well, it really depends on what the issue was. And every manufacturer is responsible for their product. Okay. So if there was something going on inside the system, throughout the system, um, if it wasn't the shingles and it wasn't their stuff underneath it, again, doesn't matter about the manufacturer. They're responsible for their shingles. So is there a defect in the shingles? No, what's going on over here is I. I can't help you. You need to call that person. Call the gutter guy. Call the underlayment guy. That's not our stuff. Right. Because, I mean, when shingles are made, there's a quality control there. And if there's a problem with that shingle, you're going to probably know about it before it gets off the line. So in most cases, And right? quality control from different manufacturers is one of the key things. It's one of the reasons I worked for Certainty for as long as I did because the quality control is phenomenal. Okay. Okay. They're not perfect. Right. Things get out. But uh, how they're... How they're treated in regards to we don't want to get out and have to deal with uh, the contractor and the homeowner and replace it. We'd rather get rid of it. We'd rather get rid of it now okay. um, and take the hit at the plant for the minimal cost if there's an issue. Other people want to throw it out there and, well, maybe we'll have a callback. Maybe we won't. Right. So I'm guessing most of the most of the issues you went on for certain teed to homeowners problems was installation. Probably ninety percent of it. Is that fair to say? Was the ins- something wrong with the that's, install? That's definitely a fair assumption. <laughs> well, once again, and, and, and everybody says, "Well, sure, they're going to blame it on that." Of course, the reality are. is, it, it is, and all the instructions are online. It, it's right. laying shingles isn't hard. Right. I can take anybody out in the parking lot and and, and in less than five minutes tell them how to. Shingles. Right, right. But guess what? You've got chimneys, you've got flashings, you've got edges, you've got all sorts of penetrations. That's where all the issues happen. But even the basics that I could show you out in the parking lot are done wrong on, the, on a regular basis. Where the nails are, how the nails are put in, how deep they're, they're set or not set. Um, that can go wrong and cause major issues, and it's the most simple part of it. You know what? I'm thinking of uh, concrete. Same thing. Just something simple. Um, put a trowel on it too late and just a little bit too much water and not enough water. It's a windy day. Like you're saying, high nailing, no nailing, you know, the wrong overlays and putting in or putting in them wrong. Venting systems. So many things can well, go wrong. It's the flashings that's the biggest, the biggest right. culprit in, right. as far as the complaints that I had gone and visited on um sidewall flashings how they're done not done um under over removing the material putting them underneath chimney flashings um those kinds of things where we live it snows right things pile up against those walls in those valleys that kind of stuff and it's going to melt and sits and yeah it melts yeah and eventually it will make its way through water always wins that's awesome. But we, we, we're, we're talking roofing. We're talking um, you know, how to do a roof properly. And, and you mentioned earlier air vent ventilation is one of your ex- expertise. So we got an email this week, Dan, from a lady. And here's how it went. Sue, one, wonderful email. She, someone went into her attic, and she has mold all over her attic, all over the inside of her attic. And it's obviously a venting issue. And she asked us, what should she take care of first? Should she take care of the mold? Should she take care of the shingles? Uh, should she have the mold remediated? And our response was, look, and you tell me if you agree with our response, it's okay if you don't, even on air. Um, get the roof taken care of. Get that decking replaced, what needs to be replaced. Make sure whoever you hire knows about ventilation because it's going to be their job at that point to make sure that mold doesn't come back. Do you agree with that? For the most part. For the most yeah, that's a great answer, for the most part. So our advice is get the new roof put on, replace any any decking you have. You don't breathe the mold in your attic. You know, the, the mold in your attic goes out for the most part. So 
Do you agree with that, that advice again? It doesn't mean it can't creep around and end up in your walls and other things. One of the things that you missed in that conversation is somebody finding out what the root cause of the mold was. Oh, ab- well, I it, mean, it isn't always ventilation. Could it be the bath fans. Could be a stacky effect. Up. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Could be, could be the insulation pulled over that ventilation becoming not really the ventilation's problem, but an insulation problem. And that was in the response as well that you have to check all that kind of stuff to seal around you know, the attic access. If you if you have a lot of kids, you take a lot of showers. You don't have bath fans. Bath fans are dumping into the attic. All those kind of things should be considered. But mold inside an attic is a sin against housing. Agree. Just shouldn't happen. Just shouldn't happen. <laughs> so, for the most part, besides those reasons we talked about, something happened in the house. As a roofing contractor, when they go to a project like that, should they be able to? I don't want to use the word guarantee, but rest assured, the homeowner with their ventilation system that they won't have the same issues. Well, you have to go back to that remediation of that mold first. If you don't get rid of it, you're probably always going to have it. No, that's fair. But there are products now. <clears throat> That literally a homeowner can buy, that you spray on spray on those under decking, and, and that stuff disappears. And that's what our you know our advice too. You got to get rid of you're, it. You're back to do it yourself. And is that something you feel comfortable that you can do and make go away? Honestly, I'm not sure I would do it. Really, that surprises me. You and I have talked about this. Before. And you know you know what I do. I, I get into every kind of project there is. You and do. I'll do it, and I'll build it, and I'll do whatever. I think I would want a professional to do that. That's just me in your attic. That's just me exactly. Okay. Okay, All right. I get it. I get it. Some of the stuff I've seen, depend, I've seen depending how bad it was, I obviously make sure once the roof was done, and I was up there, the hatch was closed, and I and I raw, wore all the proper gear. I would probably be willing to do some of that stuff myself, but I do believe it. Did, did you get everywhere? Did you spray well, exactly. around the corner of that board? Did you? I, that's just me. No, no. Okay. And I'm, I'm pretty picky and detailed about how and what I do on, when I do projects. I get it. So in your experience, what is the most common reason for mold in an addict? Most common is lack of ventilation. Lack of ventilation. Lack of ventilation. But that can also be or entail those ventil- those vents coming out of your bath fans. Right. That's a ventilation issue. Right. They're supposed right. to be ventilated through the roof deck. Right. Um, so that is a major issue. Actually, I'm just finishing up a job at my daughter's house replacing her bath fan because she had the old, you know, um, that technical term, uh, I think it's junk, you know, 50 CFM bath fans that yeah. every builder puts in when they first do it. Um, it's just too weak. But it literally got carried up through a flexible insulated tube about 15 feet up oh, and out with a 50. Exactly. And you know what happened. So it started leaking leaking back down. But And when it leaked back down, the bottom of that tube was saturated, just saturated. So. Well, there's probably a loop in that tube, too, that was holding water. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So I right now basically what's doing right now is drying out in their attic. I'm going to go rehook it back up uh, for the next couple of days. But I mean, how how much of that have you seen when you walk in and just that moisture just dumping into people? Well, it's you're back so to who's going to do that project? Common. Do you feel comfortable doing that project? Anybody can replace a bath fan. Most people well, can. Uh, yeah, but you know I'm blowing hot air around and I, I'm paying for my heat. Why wouldn't I heat my attic space and just leave that vent fan off or that tube off? And that was her thing. She never uses a bath fan. She never uses it. But when she does, it didn't, you know, especially in the wintertime when the air is so heavy, it's not well, going to get Well, the moisture, out. how it works its way through the drywall into your attic space and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's moving. It's going to find its own way into that tube. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Out of sight, out of mind. That's, that's, that's really what it comes to for most homeowner when it comes to attics and roofs, isn't it? They just pay so little attention. Absolutely. It's the same with the insulation or the wiring that goes on up there and all sorts of things yeah yeah that's it's it's uh hopefully when people listen to the show you know they can they can learn that stuff every once a year just pop your head up there with a the flashlight just take a look and see if you see any signs of mold yeah. or anything and, and that's a funny thing because everybody's going to do that either when they go to get what they store up there or some point in the summertime when it's really hot and they it, most homeowners think that it's heat that i'm trying to get rid of with that ventilation and I know you've talked about it over and over and over, and it's really been a lot more of the topic is that moisture, mm-hmm. and that moisture is going to build up a lot more in the winter. Right. And that's because that's everything's closed, the windows aren't open, that kind of thing. It's going to build up in your attic space. That's where that airflow, there has to be some air movement in there. So okay. you, you get that airflow going. Um, in the winter, again, two to four gallons of water for a family of four gets into the air every single day. 
it's going to work its way through and out every crack and every crevice it can find. Now we've wrapped our houses, thermal doors, thermal windows. It's got to go somewhere. And it, it goes through painted drywall really easy, tends to go into the less pressurized space, into the attic space. The ghosting. If it can't get out of there, that's an interesting conversation. Um, <laughs> but it gets into the attic space, and if it can't get out, it builds up. Some up there, you know, I used to get the calls about, I got frost in my attic. It's zero degrees and it has been for the last week that's it's michigan we're going to have a couple of weeks like right, that. right you're probably going to have a little frost on the bottom of your attic space if you have attic deck if you have correct ventilation but that's moisture it's up there but as it melts the airflow is moving it out before it can cause any kind of damage if it gets really thick and it heats up really fast and starts and you can see where it's dripped there's not enough ventilation moving that air is this a simple question for you what should the temperature inside the attic be compared to the outside temperature? I think the rule of thumb is within 10 degrees of the outside air. Within 10 degrees, more or less. So you got basically a 20 degree window in there, is what you're saying, more or less? Yeah. Within 20 yeah, degrees yeah. at that 10 point? 10 degrees either way. Okay, at that and, point. And summertime, it's, it's really hard to do in zero degrees, really hard to do. So you're talking extremes. We're right. back to ideal situations, right, right, which right. can't happen all the time. Just don't. The, right. our, our weather is too extreme. Yep. But if you keep that airflow, if it's consistent, it's going to consistently moving air. And you want to get it down every rafter run, if at all possible. Okay. So that leads you to, boy, I have these 8 by 16 vents out there, and there's only three down that one side. And I've got two can vents up there. You mentioned first off in the, in the presentation that uh, as high as possible in the roof, that means a ridge vent. Right. The peak, Ridge what vents, most people see as the peak. Now we're back to, to optimal. That's right. an optimal situation. We know the other kinds of vents work, and in certain situations you have to use them because there's not enough ridge for the math to work to be able to get the air out. Um, so, again, got to make sure that that air is flowing uh, correctly and keep the air consistent and that moisture moves out. The heat moves out. Can't do anything about the extremes. So in your career... You have seen so many different changes in the roofing systems and the venting systems. We still, I'm not kidding, on a regular basis, get um, questions about attic, attic exhaust fans. And I've been in the house with just a big four, uh, three by three or four by four hole cut where there's an, a fan. We're that, talking from the interior of the house to the to attic? Out, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, still so many of those out there. And, and you have no problem. You're looking at me like that's an issue. I, it is I, an I'm, issue. You don't you don't find that as an issue? Where where do you find the issue with it? It pulling the the moisture from the house from the from the living quarters up into the attic, and you're also pulling the conditioned air, the heated air, and all that stuff. Why why would that even come close to being typically a good thing? when you have a whole house fan, which again is from the interior of the house into your attic space? Right. Typically, the way those are meant, I always called it the poor man's ventilation. Well, there you go. Okay. You opened up the windows early in the morning in the summer. You turn that thing on. It pulled the cold, the, the cooler air in in the morning. You closed the windows. You shut that off, and it kept the house cool. You did it again in the evening. Did it again in the morning. That's okay. an ideal situation of how they're used. you got to cover them up. <laughs> Almost tapped on the table there. He's laughing at me. <laughs> I don't know um, get yelled at. <laughs> um, you've got to cover those things up in the wintertime. Okay. Because then they're heat sinks or heat major heat losses, right? And you got to make sure you pull them off the, that cover off in the spring before you turn it on. So there's some considerations to anything that you do to your house, and that's one you if you've got a, a whole house fan that works. But you also understand when that thing turns on, every single hole in your attic space is now exhaust. Exactly. Exactly. Your soffits, yeah, yeah. your ridge vents, everything else. And it could also pull some. I mean, it's pull the, uh, if you have a radon issue, it can help pull the radon issue out from, if your house is closed up, actually help pull the radon from underneath. And the, uh, the concrete. No, that's, that's, that's a whole nother app. Oh, you're, you're right, it is. But it's I, something that's not talked about nearly like it probably Even with be. bathroom fans and everything else, you're right. Um, but you said, but, it, you said it earlier, with everyone building, that's why I, I meant about the different things you've seen. I mean, when you first got in, in, the, in the industry, still there, Gary? Hey, how are you guys? We're doing great, great, sir. How are you? Hello. Um, I'm doing just fine. First of all, I'd like to say hello to Dan. And Dan has no idea who I am. But he installed my kitchen cabinets 25 years ago. Seriously. And those cabinets look just as good today as they did the day he put them in. Thank you. So that, that, Dan, that means a lot to me. It's really good to hear from you. I'm <laughs> glad to hear from you. 
That's but guys, awesome. I have a question about sump pumps. I have a single sump pump, and I have a beautiful finished basement, and I worry every day when the spring comes. I'm worried about rain. I'm worried about the rain coming in. And you're all the time talking about water backup systems. I have no idea how this stuff works. Could you help explain that to me? Well, there are several different ways to go about uh, a backup system. Yep. And if, if you're in Troy, uh, a water backup system, because you're on municipal water, would probably be your best bet. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And basically what it does is it uses the pressure of your system, your water system, and it's a secondary backup. So if the electrical part doesn't go, this uses the pressure of your water system to keep that going. Um, it's, it's like a backup generator. So when the power goes off, it automatically kicks on. Right. Here's a question. How often do you hear your sump pump run now, Gary? Uh, not real often. I sit in my basement all the time. And my sump pump's right here, but it's in an enclosed closet. So I very seldom, although I do check it, I'll throw five gallons of water in there and then make sure it's done. But that's today. I have no sure. idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And you know what? Every sump pump should have at least this system, and if it's on a uh, set or a, a well, then a battery backup system. Um, someone in your area we'd recommend to install this would be Waterwork Plumbing. Uh, they're not far from you, and it's actually not a very expensive system. Now, um, some of our other team partners, like Foundation Systems or EverDry, they have a triple pump system um, that incorporates all three of those. It is Secure, Loctite, no one get in it. And it, those are a little more expensive system, but you put those in, you know, you're triply covered. But for, for your system, I think just that uh, water backup system would be ideal. And you would recommend Waterworks? Yeah. Do you, do you want a phone number? No, I already got it. Believe me. Excellent. I've used them before. <laughs> They've been here Love and it. put in go. hot water tanks and everything else for me. Great oh, yeah. they Good. They can take care of this for you very easily, sir. Well, I'll give them a call. Hey, guys, I Pre can't thank you enough. And, Dan, it's very good to hear you again. Well, thank you. It's it's great to hear your voice, and I, I'm just tickled to death to know that things worked out as well as they did. It, it, well, it was always an effort, but have. you never hear about it, so thank you. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to have to have a roof soon. I'll give you a call. There you go. InsideOutsideGuys.com. Thank you very much, Gary. We'll talk soon, buddy. Have a great day. All right. Hey, next, let's go to uh, Tim in Shelby Township. Hey, Tim, you're on with the guys. Hi there. Um, I wanted to find out from your expert. Um, I built an ICF home about 15 years ago, and um, I used, I was going to put a, a metal roof, but I couldn't find one that they could do, so I ended up getting the presidential trilaminate which at the time was the best roof I could find. It costs a lot more, but it's distinctive and looks... And I, Absolutely. When I Very did unique. It, I put... I put um, sorry for the noise. I'm walking my dog. Um, That's okay, bud. <laughs> I put a continuous soffit vent all the way around the house. It's probably 200 or 250 feet of soffit vent and a spray foam insulation with bafter, rafter baffles and a power vent or two power vents in the roof. And I wondered what kind of life expectancy I should expect out of that. It's been about 15 years. I, I, the one thing I would do is I, some people don't like power vents. Uh, in some situa situations, that is the absolute way to go. Um, the only thing about a power vent is you just need to make sure it still works. You need to make sure it's set because that, that power vent should have a humidistat and a thermostat. We talked a lot already about moisture in your attic space. Uh, most people think about heat, so you know there's a thermostat that turns it on. You need to make sure that it's turning on and running when it's uh, moisture up there also. 
And what a lot of people don't realize is if it's 90% humidity outside, chances are that vent's going to be running. So they, there was always complaints about my vent's always running, and there was always the conversation about the, the weather over the last week. Right, um, right. But they're very well, efficient. I, I hear it running sometimes uh, or quite often in the summertime when it's, you know, when it's not real hot. And uh, like I said, I... Uh, the whole attic is spray foam insulation, so there's not a, a lot of moisture Good. that I don't think that gets from the house up there. Sounds to me, um, Tim, like you have many years left in that rough. Sounds like a nice system that you put together. You're laughing and learning with the Inside Outside Guys on News Talk 760 WJR. Here's Inside Guy Chuck Bridenstine and the Outside Guy Ken Calverly. Eight 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 six five four guys equals eight 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 six five four four eight nine seven. Phone lines are open for any and all of your housing calls. Don't forget during the week, if you need anything, and I mean anything, whether it's a new house or you just need some advice, go to the insideoutsideguys.com, click on ask a question, and we'll answer that question. Also, if you're driving anywhere, don't write it down. Just wait till you get home. Go to the insideoutsideguys.com and ask us the question. Okay, uh, we're talking with Dan Zurn, a good friend of mine. He's been around for many years. We've been talking about roofing uh, for the most part and ventilation. Dan, I think we've hit everything about that. But we we talked a little while ago. Um, you mentioned lumber. And let's talk about lumber prices for a second, Dan. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going out in left field. There was a meme going around just recently, and it was a very true meme. Saw it on Facebook. A lot of my um, friends in the construction industry were talking about it, about the price of OSB sheeting. And right now, 250 sheets, uh, well, in this meme, OSB was up to $30 a sheet, which meant 250 sheets would run just over $6,000. Now it's up to about $37 a sheet, which means... 250 sheets of OSB will run $9,000. A lot of our roofing uh, team partners, a lot of roofers out there, sold jobs last spring and guaranteed the price to this to this fall. They're in trouble. I mean, not in trouble, but they're taking a hard hit. Is that fair to say? If they're actually following through with that, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's an unfortunate part about how they rate their contracts because building materials fluctuate. of every sort fluctuate so much. It's a commodity. Yeah, it's a commodity. But I, I, I have you ever seen anything like this? No, no. And, and please don't ask me why and how. Or it's all aspiring. Sure, COVID, I'm sure it had some bit of it. Closing of borders had a bit of it. But there's there's so much behind things that – I wouldn't even know how to explain it. Right, right. right. I don't know the answers to it. I don't, I don't either, but what's it going to do? I mean, there's no doubt there is still such a major housing shortage in this country, a major housing shortage. Just, just talk to any realtor. I mean, a house goes, on, house goes on the market. It's sold almost right away. All this is going to do is slow that down, and, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. And as, as a builder, I don't want to say it's scary, but it's definitely concerning. If you look at some of this material and what it costs and what it cost 10 years ago or 20 years or 30 years ago, some of it hadn't changed much. Did some of it need an increase? I mean, for, for those companies that produced it to survive, it's, it's hard to say. Supply and demand usually balances that out uh, in its own way, but I'm also thinking that's what's put it where it's at now. Well, it's like gas prices. Usually when they go up or oil prices, you don't see them come down. Hopefully, um, sooner than later, we'll start seeing some of these come down because for for, for <laughs> you don't think we're going to see any anything come down this summer? You think it's going to be uh, all summer long? I don't know how to answer that. No way to I tell. would sure hope it would. Yeah. There, there's a lot of things, and you don't get political in this, and, and we had a little political discussion during the break there, so it seems to be tailing here, so we're going to leave that alone. <laughs> I know yeah. how your partner handles well, this. Well, we don't, we don't, we don't get show. political on this show, but unfortunately, um, I really hope that doesn't put a big dent in the housing industry. I mean, if anything does, that, that's going to be a reason it does. But we are in such a high right now as an industry. I don't want to see artificial yeah. sources knock it down. I, now I am retired, so I'm not talking to guys on a daily basis, but I've got to, I did it for a long time. These guys become your friends. Right. I, I talk to a lot of guys on a regular basis and, and they're busy. 
they're incredibly I busy. I know. So I don't see it slowing it down. Uh, is it more expensive? Absolutely. Um, but it, it, it's the same as before. You, you call five guys to show up right. because they're too busy. Right. And you know, it, the pricing is going to reflect that just the way it is. And I have heard just a ton of that as far as people they can't, A lot of people can't even get people to show up at their house at all. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm not sure that has to do with today's times. Because it seems like the last ten years it's just been that way. But well, I think a lot of companies is, like your partners. It's right? the, those are the people that that are aggressive about the business to where they want the business. Yeah. Um, instead of the day to day, do I want to work today? It's so much different in Detroit than it is, say, Traverse City. Right. Right. In Detroit compared to Traverse you City, know, just to find the labor here is tough. To find the labor there is worse. The guy that gets the job in Traverse City is the guy that shows up. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, uh, I tell you what, my whole career, from the from the early '90s on, I've always had a problem finding good labor. Mm-hmm. Just guys just show up. I can't tell you how many times I had guys come to my office, say if they don't get a job, they're going to lose their house. I I I think of a story. A guy came one time, said that begging me for a job. He was a truck driver. He wanted to drive. Okay, you got a job. We'll give you a job. Did all the paperwork. He gets to the job. The guys are loading up his truck and asking to come out and help. He goes, No, I'm not going to help. I was hired as a truck driver. That was his last day you know, on the job, but that's, that's how bad he needed to save his house. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Let's talk to Harold in Madison Heights. Good morning, Harold. You're on with the guys. Good morning, guys. Uh, we got a pretty big problem here. How it happened, I have no idea, but we're infested with spider mites. I'd like to know how to get rid of them. In the actual house? Inside. Who has identified them as spider mites? Uh, A pest control company. And did they give you their their way they want to fix the problem? What what was their advice to you? Well, basically, uh, uh, steam clean the carpet, and we've done that, and we've... uh, same company uh, uh, steam cleaned as much of the furniture as they could, and uh, uh, vacuum uh, keep vacuuming the uh, carpet and uh, our beds and that. They sprayed around the baseboards. Now, if there's anything else we can do, I'd like to know what. And you're still having issues, even though they've done all that. Yes. Wow. Well, I'm not real familiar with how where spider mites all hide. Like bed bugs, they can hide inside of uh, you know, electrical receptacles and places you can't reach. As far as the spider mites go, if they told you to to clean the carpet and everything else, I would imagine you'd have to take your bed, you know, your bed, your 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 sheets, everything, and take them up, take them outside, spray them, maybe do a, a bug bomb in the house. Yeah. Can you hold on during the break, Carol? We'll talk about this. We get back and break. Do you mind doing that? Sure. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. Um, a little while ago, we had a gentleman call ask about a sump pump. We have been referring waterwork plumbing and the inside-outside guys for probably close to the last 10 years. I don't think we ever got one complaint about waterwork plumbing. They are a good company, and coming up into the springtime, there's a good chance a lot of you will have problems with your outside systems. When you do, we want you to call waterwork plumbing. You have housing questions? The Inside Outside guys on WJR have the answers. Here are Ken and Chuck. Good morning. Welcome back to the Inside Outside guys. Laughing and learning 24-7 at theinsideoutsideguys.com. The Inside Outside guys on Facebook. We've had a fun weekend with guests. A couple of them, one didn't show yesterday, and all of a sudden two are shown at the first time. But we're going to get the uh, one first. I'm going to ask Mike Stoskoff is going to come on afterwards. Um, for everyone doesn't know, the home show is on this year. Yes, you look surprised, Dan. The home show's going to be happening um, at the end of April, May 1st. So uh, the Nova Home Show, we're going to give it a try. Mike Stoskoff's going to come on in a few minutes and talk about that. In the meantime, we have someone, the last time you were on the air with us, Dan, at the Fisher Building, when we were still allowed in the Fisher Building, um, you came on with Gary when Gary was with Pro Home Improvement. Now Gary Muling has a company called Michigan Remodeling, and he's a new team partner of the Inside Outside Guys, and he's on the line with us now. Gary, how you doing, bud? 
Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on today. Good morning, Gary. Dan, how you doing? How's retirement? Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Miss miss you guys. Miss my friends out there, but absolutely loving it. Good, good for you. So, so glad to hear. Yeah, you and Dan uh, did a lot of work together over the years when you were at Pro Home Improvement, but uh, now you're with Michigan Remodeling, the owner of Michigan Remodeling. And when did you open up Michigan Remodeling, Gary? Um, a couple years back. Uh, it started off just as a, a supplemental for me before and after working on the weekends. That helped people out with things that um, were irregular and unusual that most contractors wouldn't be interested in. And uh, I found that uh, you know it was a good fit for me, and so um, it took over and uh, became more than I could do on the weekends anymore. So now it's it's my primary focus every day, helping people with their complete remodeling projects. And, and you're building a monster over there. You guys are, are growing great. You're in a great location. I know you're thinking you're actually already going to be expanding, right? Yeah, we currently have two locations in Oakland County, one in Lake Orion and one in Southfield. And we're, uh, we're on the hunt right now for an affordable property uh, somewhere in Oakland County where we can all be together in one building instead of be separate in two. Makes perfect sense. Make perfect sense. Um, so tell people about Michigan Remodeling. What does Michigan Remodeling do, Gary? All the things you do. MI Remodelers is a complete remodeling company, and we specialize in handling an entire project from start to finish. And our motto is that we are the integrity guys, and so we take great pride in serving our clients with a seamless process from start to finish, starting with the design. What I found is that a lot of construction companies will replace your bathroom, remodel your kitchen, but don't want to take uh, the time to invest in the design. We find that by starting with the design, we can address how different parts of the home uh, can be brought in together and uh, improved with a bathroom remodel. Sometimes we'll also expand a pantry with a kitchen remodel sometimes will um extend into the laundry room and so we can better serve our client and assist them in making um good choices and in the end you know we celebrate together a job well done and our goal is always to exceed our customers expectations now gary when you used to come on come on all the time with uh, pro i used to call you on a word you used to love to use all the time. Do you know what that word is? Guarantee. <laughs> no, we did not talk about this beforehand. You just know what I was talking about. You use that word guarantee a lot, which I love. But why do you do that? Why, why is it so important to you that you guarantee satisfaction? Well, uh, our biggest commitment is to serving our clients well. And we want to treat everyone like family. And so... Um, if, if my uncle Tommy, who's on, who might be listening right now, uh, were having his bathroom remodeled and he hired a contractor, I would jump in and say, well, what about this? And what about that? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? What about this other thing? And so by asking a lot of questions and, uh, and, and being thorough in the design process, um, an idea evolves into a wonderful, successful, completed project. And... Um, let me just say something. Your uncle Gary, along with your mother, I I knew your mother well. I knew your uncle, known your uncle Gary for twenty five years. <laughs> great guy, great guy. When when one one thing that we love about Michigan remodeling, Gary, is that you, there's really not a project out there you won't take on, is there? No, we, we we're in the business of serving people and serving them well, and uh, we are growing, and we're going to be around for a long time. So if I were to help someone out with a project that may be perceived as less desirable by other companies. And I do a great job. I'm loving with these people and we bring them to the point at the end they hoped for where they would say, you know, you're a great convenience and our project is better because of your insight. That's probably a customer for life. And they might recommend 10 people a month afterward. <laughs> You've always you've always very much taken pride in um, the referrals, and you got you get ton of referrals. 
we've always been impressed on how you've run the companies that you've been involved with, Gary. And we're so excited to have Michigan Remodeling on because the word you use, guarantee, you guarantee their satisfaction. Not a lot of people are willing to put the G word out there like you are. And we greatly appreciate it. So um, I, also, I also understand you're opening up a masonry and concrete division as well, eh? That's right. It's been All right. Uh, it's been amazing <clears throat> how much um, how much business there is doing masonry repairs and replacing concrete for folks. And just like um, roofing, there's a need in the industry for integrity. And right. I've learned. I've not been doing this as long as you can, but I've learned early on that um, there's a lot of extra things that you can do and go above and beyond with the prep work and the base which will uh, cause the quality of the finished project to be much better. Yep. So and like to, uh, go ahead. Well, we, do, we like to go the extra step, um, buy the better quality material, and, and, and spend more time teaching so that the quality is never a question. And the value isn't a question. It might run a few dollars more, but they're going to get a value because they're going to get um, the, the long-term uh, life out of that product. And, and, Gary, once again, we just want to welcome you to the team, Michigan Remodelers, and uh, people are going to be hearing a lot, not just on the inside-outside, guys. You're going to blow this thing up. I'm very confident of that, Gary. So people around Southeast Michigan are going to be hearing a lot about Michigan Remodelers or MI Remodelers, and we greatly appreciate you coming on and being part of the team, my friend. It's a pleasure. We're really excited about it. And we're excited, too. We'll have you back soon, Gary, okay? All right. Good man. You guys have a great day. Thank you very much. You stay safe, too, Gary. I appreciate it. So, you know, the, the spider mites, Harold, thank you so much for, for holding out. We'll talk to Harold real quick, and then after that, Mike Stoskoff will come on up. Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to go to the InsideOutsideGuys.com. The next, the next sponsor of the InsideOutsideGuys.com is who Gary said, talk about or used to work for all time as pro home improvement here for you today and every day this is the inside outside guys on wjr here are chuck and ken 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897 sorry about the heartbreak earlier we had to we were up against the clock um do we still have harold on the line hi harold how you doing thank you so much for being patient harold yeah, I hope you understand the, the radio. We have to stuff scheduled. Oh, well, I so, know. Those okay. things, you have to pay yeah. bills first. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Harold, you have you have an issue? Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, we have an issue with uh, with uh, spider mites. And that's something uh, that we don't. You we, were I tell you, I, something about. Go ahead. It's something we hear very little of as far as spider mites go. But Dan and I were talking uh, during the break, and, you know, I think a lot of it has to be with it. I don't know who you would have called, but whoever you called should be doing follow-up calls on a regular basis because when you're doing what you're doing, are you getting the larvae? Are you getting the, you know, how long, are they, how long do the eggs live? Those are questions that have to be asked. But when it comes to actually clean, when it actually comes to clean your house, the research we've done says you've got to, I mean, just like bed bugs, you've got to get the mattresses out of there. You've got to get the blankets out of there. You've got to almost get the whole house emptied and then um, baseboards. Anywhere that anything that small may be hiding, you have to treat. Now, that could be sprays. That could be uh, the, the pesticides. It could be vacuuming. It could be uh, a bug bomb that people let off in their house once you get everything gone. But just like bed bugs, there has to be a follow-up. This is nothing that we would recommend that someone does on their own because I think by yourself, um, it's going to be very tough without using a, a, a commercial company on a regular basis. Dan, you agree? Yeah, yeah, a little research on them in regards to the life cycle of what it is, uh, what it has to eat something, what it eats, um, temperatures it lives in, that kind of thing. Right. There's a few things you may be able to do on your own. Um, but again, a good, uh, a good bug person out there should be able to help you out and continually well, follow we, the process. Yeah, we do have a company that, uh, has been in twice and, uh, sprayed around the baseboards. And you were saying about a, uh, bug bomb. 
do they, does that leave a uh, powdery substance all over everything? Uh, I, let, me, let me start off by saying, we're not fans of bug bombs. We, we don't necessarily like bug bombs, but sometimes you have to use them. And the, the one time I used mine up in a cottage years ago, no, we didn't have any kind of residue um, afterwards. But you want to make sure you seal everything off. You want to make sure your cabinets can't get any of that in there. You want to make sure you don't have any dishes laying out or anything like that. But either way, just like right. just like bed bugs, Harold, this isn't going to be a one and done issue. You're going to have to have people get in there afterwards. With bed bugs, no one guarantees them. You're not going to find a company that guarantees them because they say we could get rid of all your bed bugs and then you could bring them in a couple of days later. I wouldn't think that would be the case for spider mites because it's not like you're going to go anywhere and bring spider spider mites back with you. So. Um, you know, I guess my question to the company that's helping you is what do they need to do to guarantee that they're going to get rid of them? You know, there, there should be right. a, a step or a process. Um, and anyone out there in the business, please feel free to give us a call and let us know. But there should be a step or a process of multiple times coming in and taking care of that. Right. Well, uh, we've also had a, a problem with a, a mouse, but... Uh, uh, we've got that pretty well isolated so that uh, he, the mouse can't get into anything. Uh, we closed up all any holes in that in the walls and stuff where they were coming in. Yeah, so well, that's also that part of it. Spiders are going to build their nests, or their excuse me, their webs, where you have um, air infiltration in the house. So somewhere where you may have a corner and there's air coming through, that's where the bugs are going to come through. So if you can air seal right. your home, you're going to have less chances, and you can get companies. We have companies you can call that help you air seal your home. Um, but as far as the, the spider mites themselves, everything's curable out there. You just got to find uh, the right company to help you. Right. Harold, we got to get we 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 got to get going, buddy. Hopefully that helps. Okay. All right. Appreciate Thank you, you so much. Appreciate your call, sir. Danielle, do we have Mike on the phone? All right, let's go straight to our good friend Mike Staskoff, who is showing up on uh, quick notice for us. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Good morning, Ken and Dan. Good. I, 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 I go ahead. Good morning. I apologize for the short notice, Mike, but uh, we both had a busy week and, and didn't connect. But uh, let's tell people the good news. Uh, I consider it absolutely great news, and I know you. you that adjective as well. You should be impressed. I knew that it was an adjective and not a verb or a noun. Um, <laughs> I am like so. Here, <laughs> so here's here's the great news. Uh, April thirtieth, Friday, April thirtieth to Sunday, May second, will be the next Novi Home Show, the Spring Home and Garden Show out at Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi, Michigan. We can't be more elated. You know, Dan, I, I always, excuse me, Mike, I always told people the home shows recharge my batteries. We love seeing the listeners. We love seeing all the professionals out there. We love, love seeing all the professionals in the same place. And this is the first one since January, right? January 20? January 2020. So it's been, uh, you know, 15 months uh, since since the last one by the time we hold this one. Um now, for your listeners out there that may be saying, hey, whoa, slow the roll there. What's, go what's going on with that? Well, um, a couple weeks ago, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services issued an uh, epidemic order. Uh, they've been issuing them since November, but they issued one uh, effective March 8th. Um, they, a new one is coming out actually uh, tomorrow, March 22nd, but under the March 8th order and then continuing under this most recent order that comes out tomorrow, uh, consumer shows are allowed to to occur. Um, they are subject to masking and social distancing and essentially retail shopping guidelines. So we can have 50% of the fire reading capacity of Suburban Collection Showplace. So that equates to 50% equates to 9,000 people at any one time on the show floor, uh, which would be a completely packed show if we were to have it. Um, normally with our home shows, traffic, the way it goes, because we'll open on Friday, we're, we're going to do our normal hours, Friday uh, 2 to 8, Saturday 10 to 8, and then Sunday 10 to 5. Um, so through those time frames, uh, you know, with people coming through, 
Um, there should be more than enough uh, room to be able to social distance, which is one of the requirements of the order. Second part of the order, I mean, think of yourself going into Myers or Kroger's or Home Depot or whatever. Um, you know, you're expected to wear masks. You're expected to social distance. Um, food service has to be demarked off. There won't be samples this year, unfortunately, um, food samples at least. Um, so, you know, that part is going to feel a little bit different, but it's not going to feel any different to any of our patrons than it would be to go shopping. Um, so, you know, we're encouraging everyone to make plans to, to come on out. Uh, it's a, it shows a little bit later this year than it would have been in normal years. Um, but we've worked with our exhibitors, our landscapers, everyone on that side is excited to be there. Um, you know, we know that there are stimulus checks, and that's the point of the stimulus check is to stimulate the economy. There's hopefully tax refunds most of your listeners are getting. Um, and home improvement is something that has been a big deal in the last 12 months, and I think will be a big deal for the months coming forward. So here's the home show. That's the reason for coming out is to look that person in the eye, as you and I have talked about, Ken. Um, look them in the eye, get a little bit of a feeling so that when they come out to your house to quote the job, you got a little bit of a sense of, of who they are. And Mike, I'm really ready for life to get back to normal. And, and, and the home show for me is normal. But I, I have one issue I can see, you're not going to have food there. I don't know how we're going to get Chuck there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, now the good news is, is that even under this epidemic order, and we're working the floor plan, so we've got wider aisles, um, but we can accommodate all of our exhibitors and landscapers and safely social distance folks. But we can also uh, set it up so that uh, the concessions at the at Suburban Collection Showplace can operate. So there still will be food available for Chuck. He's just going to have to pay for it. You know, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> And the yellow Good dog luck with that. That he doesn't like to pay for it, right? Exactly. But but in, so food will be available. Um, so hopefully, folks will plan to come out, spend the two or three hours that they normally come to spend, um, and see and and find what they need. You know, if they need new windows, if they need new flooring, if they need new gutters, they, heck, whatever they need, they can find it at the show, including the WJR Inside Outside Guys Neighborhood, which we're putting together. We will be there, and we know we have a lot of vendors that are going to be there at the show as well. They're ready to get out and start doing some selling, eh? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Michael Michael Staskoff from the Home Builders Association in Southeast Michigan, thank you so much for calling in today, buddy, and uh, we'll be telling people about the home show coming up. Thanks for reaching out, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, brother. Thank you very much. Michael Stoskoff from the Southeast Michigan Home Builder Association, company that's also going to be there. They've got a big booth. They want to explain to people all the time how their systems work. If you have a foundation issue or you have a basement waterproof issue, go to the Suburban Collection Showplace and check out the Foundation System of Michigan booth. Find professional contractors you can trust at InsideOutsideGuys.com. Now, once again, here are Ken Calverly and Chuck Bridenstine. Welcome back to the show. Hey, next week, and my partner, the Inside Guy, will be back. Looking forward to him getting back. We haven't done a show together for a while. It's been a very busy March for the two of us. He's been spending a lot of time with his family, and I have been doing the same. Right now, we have my good friend, Dan Zernick, um, who Dan is now retired from the building industry, sitting in for the Inside Guy. And real quick, Dan, we, had, we were talking about... Um, we're going to get to Dave from Green Oaks Township in one second, but we were talking about um, negative air pressure and makeup air in the house and how that can, I mean, who would have thought that affects a roof, roofing system? And it's, honestly, it's not a new subject. Honestly, it's not a new subject. Um, I was going to explain an example when we had to go to a break, and uh, obviously the show takes over because uh, the, the callers and everything else. Right. So I'm glad to get back to it, but years ago, and we're talking probably 25 now, um, I had a tri-level house that I had a wood-burning furnace in. Uh, it blew air into the uh, a heat elator type of unit. That I had one of the yeah, you, yeah, remember the one I had before, right? Um, and every Saturday morning, the house smelled like smoke. Couldn't fix it, couldn't stop it, couldn't figure out what it was. Um, and finally figured out that the laundry room, which was on the middle floor of a tri-level, that's when we did our laundry was Saturday mornings, and the dryer was running. So the dryer sucked air out of the house, had to come from somewhere. Right. It was pulling the smoke out through the heat elator unit and actually making the house smell smoky. 
crack the window in that laundry room, close the door, it like scuppers and makeup air now, yep. it fed the dryer, and we never had the problem again. Sure. And there used to be the joke about, uh, you know, ventilation and, and uh, a power vent or something like that, and you could take a dollar bill and put it up against the light switch and see if the dollar bill would stay there or fall off. Right, 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 right. Or a piece of Kleenex. Yeah, we've always yeah. said that about a piece of toilet tissue, right? Yeah. Right. So you know, like, like we had started that conversation, we've changed how we build so much. The right. remods have changed so much. The thermal thermal barriers and stuff that don't let moisture or air move around in a house. Right, right, right. Or, or like we talked, ghosty filtering through drywall. Oh. You know, and you see the ghosty and everything else. So, yeah. And I remember we went to church together for years. Right. And, and so I trust I think, you. <laughs> I think we sat on the same side. And I don't think it really mattered. But I'd always look at that far wall and there'd always be the – I could see every stud. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And we had a building science guy, uh, uh, Lucas, at uh, Certainty that came in and did an architect thing with me years and years ago. And we did a lot of continuing education uh, things, and they still do. But he did an explanation during one of these meetings, and the light bulb went off. And it was that ghosting and how that ghosting's created. And uh, the, it's actually negative pressure and, right. and, and charging of the, the water molecules, that kind of thing, because that, where that stud hit the wall – was colder right. than where the insulation was. Right, 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 right. So the moisture stayed there. And in that church, they burnt candles constantly. And I can't tell you how many times over the years that I've gone into customers' houses and they were thinking it was, you know, look, this happened since my, my roof was done, that kind of thing. And it very well could have been because now the ventilation's correct. And, and we talked earlier, trying to get within 10 degrees of the outside air, that corner of where the wall hits the ceiling, where now we put energy heels and insulate them differently, but that's colder. And the first thing I would ask is, do you guys burn candles? Or do you smoke, right, as well? Almost every single time was a yes. And I said, stop burning them. What? Clean it off. Stop burning the candles and see what happens. And I'd always get the response back that it, it, the, it went away. It didn't really go away. You're just, not, you're just not doing it anymore. For every action is a reaction. And sometimes it's hard trying to find out what that reaction is, yeah. even when you repair something. I want to go to call real quick, but I got an email this week of a gentleman that asked a very simple question. I want to ask your opinion about it. How do you save a caulk? How do you save caulk? So you open up a caulk tube and you caulk maybe eight inches. You still got a half tube of caulk left. How do you save it? A lot more than that. Yeah, probably. Caulk, and you know, Gary likes the guarantee word and you know, regards to the warranty word, that kind of thing. And back when I used to build houses, um, I read the tube. Okay. And it said I had a lifetime warranty. <laughs> but you had to save the tube. Gotcha. Who saves the tube? Nobody. So, Nobody. different subject, same kind of thing. <laughs> um, I, and I know what I do. I try, shove a screw down in the end there and make sure and I've learned to make it big enough so that I can grab it with a pair of vice grips and pull it back out. But And that was my advice. I said, if you invented something that works perfectly, you'll make a million dollars. But we, I, we've always used a screw or a one inch roofing nail. Yep. We'll shove down there, and sometimes you got to grab a pair Something of pliers. With a big head, so you can grab it. Yep, yep. you got to grab a pair of pliers to pull it out, and, and, and like any tube of caulk, even if you don't open it, eventually it's going to go bad. So, a lot. I mean, I can't tell you how many get, times I get error to it. But. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've opened or opened up a brand new tube of an adhesive, and it was hard as a rock inside. Right. So, um, there really isn't a perfect way, but a roofing nail or a screw, something like that, is what we found to be yeah. the best. Okay. All right, so I'm not going to say the phone numbers. We don't have a time, but let's talk to Dave in Green Oaks Township. Good morning, Dave. You're on with the guys. Good morning. How can we help you, sir? So you're hearing me? Yeah, good. I, yeah. I, I've heard your um, show this morning, and it seemed on topic, a problem I've been dealing with for years. I'm fortunate enough to have a large secondary garage with antique uh, vehicles and fire trucks in it, including an old uh, Detroit truck from 1926. Ooh. I've been getting periodic drippings all throughout the garage um, on, on top of the vehicles for years, trying to figure out what the problem is. But it's about 4,000 square foot cement floor, 10 and a half, in, or 10 and a half foot walls, 12-12 pitch, so a big building with a big roof. And didn't know if it was just taking time for the uh, roofing material to dry out, something uh, coming out of the 4 by 8 sheets of wood, um, animals. Um, the last theory a contractor came up with, he says it's your cold cement floor, cold air going upward and mixing with uh, a warm roof and all those drops or drips are coming off your um, staples or the nails for the, the roof, uh, for the shingles. That, that's the theory. I, I'm assuming by your description that, the, that there's no ceiling. 
ceiling and with a building that size, trying to, I, I prefer not to drywall, insulate, and heat the building. But if the okay, theory is correct, uh, is my one question or is there another, another answer to it? I think his theory is half correct. I think it's coming from your floors. Uh, moisture will migrate straight through those floors. I think if you coat that floor, if you put uh, on a, something like a Motor City floors and coatings on there, that moisture is going to stop migrating through that floor and you'll fix your problem. I, I would say put a seal around there, um, but a sealer is not going to latch. You're going to have to keep, keep reapplying that. Um, but it sounds to me like a moisture humidity issue, and I think you have a good chance of fixing your problem if you do that. Yeah, you you got to understand that dynamics are different when you have no ceiling. Right. When right. you put a ventilation system in, yeah. it's in a sealed capsule. So once you change that, your cold air coming in is mixing with your you know cold coming out of the cement floor and everything else. You're causing completely different conditions. And, and feel free to call back or send us an email. But another thing we would recommend is a couple of ceiling fans. Keep the air moving inside. Keep it moving. Yeah, keep the air moving inside. And if you can get that floor sealed or somehow um, coated, something like that, I think you're going to eliminate your, your problem. So I apologize. And We're up against the clock, Dave. Uh, we, we, we have to go. Please, please send us an email if you have any further questions. We can definitely refer people to you to help you out with that. In the meantime, Dan Zernick, thanks, bud. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. It's, we it's always get, a pleasure. It's always a lot of fun. We've got to get out with some guns this uh, winter and uh, do some duck hunting or something <laughs> this fall. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, don't forget, during the week, next week, the Inside Guy, Chuck, will be back. During the week, the InsideOutsideGuys.com, the Inside Outside Guys on Facebook, because from the roof to the basement, the street to the back fence, if you need it, the Inside Outside Guys are here for you today and every day. Thank you, Danielle and Dave. <laughs>